Welcome to this Journey Through the Bible podcast. Let me begin first with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your precious word. Thank you that your word brings life. Thank you, Lord, for this word being a blessing to all who are listening. Be glorified, Heavenly Father, and extend your kingdom through this teaching. May no seed of your precious word be lost in Yeshua's mighty name. Thank you, Lord, that Jezebel, Antichrist, hell and death are bound, and we release your precious Holy Spirit to bring change in all of our lives. Now, the title of this message is al Rachum, R-A-C-H-U-M. It's a Hebrew word meaning the God of compassion and mercy. The God of compassion and mercy. Sometimes it might appear that the God we Christians serve is not always a very compassionate God. In fact, when things don't go so well for us, our Father may even seem to be rather insensitive to the very real needs of his children. The devil, of course, loves it when God Almighty is blamed for the problems we face, including all the tragedies, wars, poverty and sickness, which have become pretty much the norm in our world today. Not exactly what one might call heaven on earth. It certainly doesn't take too much spiritual maturity to realize who the culprit is behind so much pain and suffering. But as the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Most Christians are well acquainted with this portion of Scripture. But when things look gloomy on the horizon, it's quite easy to be tempted to lose faith in a God who doesn't always seem to be acting in a way that we think he should. And that is just what the enemy of our soul wants, for he has a mandate to undermine the faith of God's people and discredit his kingdom as well as his name. In order to counteract the devil's lies and schemes, it's important to know just how very compassionate our Father really is, as clearly shown in the Bible. For this purpose, let's camp for a while on a few examples from the book of Psalms, which well illustrate this divine attribute of compassion. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, starting off with Psalm 78, verse 38. For their heart was not steadfast towards him, nor were they faithful to his covenant. But he, the source of compassion and loving kindness, forgave their wickedness and did not destroy them. Many times he restrained his anger and did not stir up all his wrath, for he graciously remembered that they were mere human flesh, a wind that goes and does not return. Psalm 86 verse 15 For you, O Lord, are good, 
and ready to forgive our sins, sending them away completely, letting them go forever and ever, and abundant in loving kindness and overflowing in mercy to all those who call upon you. Psalm 111 verse 4 He has made his wonderful acts to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful and full of loving compassion. Psalm 145 verse 8 and 9 The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works, the entirety of things created. Now, when doing some research on this rather vast subject of compassion using Strong's Concordance and together with the help of various Bible commentaries, it's interesting to note that the Hebrew word for compassion is rachum, which is directly linked to the root words racham and rachem, which both mean womb in the biblical text, the womb of a mother. Now, since I'm not a Hebrew scholar, I'm not going to go into this in too much detail. But it's important to note that Hebrew words hold much more meaning than our English words. For example, the Hebrew name, which is the title of this teaching, is used to describe the attribute of God's compassion, and that is Al-Rachum, and it means the compassionate, merciful God. It actually expresses just how much God acts as our Father in a tender, loving way, much like a mother has compassion for a child in her womb. Such is the compassion God Almighty has for his creation, but on a much greater scale. Now, obviously, the Lord's compassion is also likened in the Bible to the love which a father has for his child. However, the emphasis here for the purpose of this particular teaching is the symbolism of a mother's womb in which a baby is conceived and spends nine months of his or her life in a place of safety and protection, the secret place, which is so aptly described in Psalm, the well-known Psalm 139, verse 15. And I'm going to read from the Amplified again. My frame was not hidden from you when I was formed in secret and intricately and skillfully formed, as if embroidered with many colors in the depths of the earth. In a similar way, our Father compassionately provides womb-like protection for each of his children who choose to live and dwell in a place of intimacy with him under the shadow of his wings, in the secret place of the Most High God, as described in Psalm 91. Now please note that the Hebrew root word for secret is sitra, and it means hiding place, protection, to conceal 
or to hide by covering. The same word for secret is used in both Psalm 139 and in Psalm 91, interestingly enough, and they convey a similar message. The God of compassion providing total protection in the life of any believer who chooses to take advantage of the secret place of intimacy with him. Psalm 91 provides a recipe for longevity and a safeguard against sickness and dangers and evil of any kind. Certain terms and conditions obviously have to be applied for these promises to be of benefit. But what a powerful picture is painted here through the psalm of divine compassion of a God who longs to cover and protect his precious people under the wings of his love. And my suggestion is that anybody listening to this audio, just read through both of those psalms. Read through Psalm 139 because it speaks again of God's compassion for every single human being on this earth and also Psalm 91, which speaks of the protection, the covering, the compassion of God for every single person who has an intimate relationship with him. Now, this attribute of compassion is illustrated again and again in the Old Covenant, dispelling the myth of the God of the Israelites being portrayed as a terrible, punishing ogre who is ready to pour out his wrath on all and sundry. And that is the perception that many people have, Christians and non-Christians. That's the Old Covenant. How much more is this attribute seen in the New Covenant, in the life and teachings of Christ? And remember, it's under a new and much better covenant. The symbolism of the womb again being illustrated for us through the divine conception which took place when a child was born to a young virgin mother and that child eventually becomes the saviour of the world. Yeshua and the Hebrew name Yeshua means God is our salvation or Jesus Christ as many people know him. Bringing the compassion of Father God to a lost and dying world. And the Lord, Yeshua, whenever he taught his disciples, he always encouraged them to trust in a heavenly Father who cared so very deeply for their every need. And I'm just going to read a couple more examples again from the Amplified Version here, which describe this well and encourage us as modern-day disciples of Christ to do the same to put our trust in a heavenly Father who is a very compassionate Father. Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow seed nor reap the harvest nor gather the crops into barns, and yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? Again in Matthew chapter 10, verse 29 and 30, it says here, are not two little sparrows sold for a copper coin, and yet not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered, for the father is sovereign and has complete knowledge. So do not fear, you are more valuable 
than many sparrows. And the whole of Matthew chapter 6, just going back to that whole portion of Scripture where it also speaks about the Lord's Prayer, where Yeshua taught the Lord's Prayer, it speaks about how God, if he can clothe the birds of the air and how he made the flowers of the field, the emphasis here is that God looks after his children. If he can take care of his creation, how much more is he going to take care of us, his greatest creation, which is the human being? Now, I just wanted to mention here too that the other day I had a vision which the Lord gave me. It was actually last week. I've since shared it with Graham, and I also shared it at our, our Sunday church service as I felt an urgency in my spirit to do so, and also an urgency in my spirit to share it on this podcast. For the vision was of a whole lot of people. I couldn't see their faces, so it was not anybody that I knew in particular, but the emphasis here was there were a lot of people all falling off a deep cliff. And the Holy Spirit impressed me as I saw this vision. He impressed upon my heart that these were people who were destined for hell unless God intervened in their lives. This compassionate God, al Rahum, he so longs to intervene, not only in our lives as born-again believers, but he has such a longing to intervene in the lives of those who do not yet know him. It's not the will of our Father that anybody is destroyed. And we, as the body of Christ, have a responsibility to reach the lost, whether it be through prayer and intercession, friendship evangelism, preaching the word of God, giving out salvation tracts, or however else the Holy Spirit leads us to do so. The good news needs to be shared and people to be born again and connected to God Almighty in an intimate relationship with Him and becoming members of His great big family. Now thank the Lord for all the believers in Christ who are reaching the lost. We all need to be doing it in the different ways that however the Holy Spirit tells us to do it. And it's a mandate from heaven. Not one of us is exempt from reaching the lost and bringing people to salvation. And of course, discipling them too as well, training and equipping disciples. But just going back to this vision, the Lord put an urgency on my heart too. He said that he is coming back again one day and we all need to be ready for his return. And I just want to read a scripture from Matthew 24 verse 42. And this was Christ's instructions to his disciples and also to his modern day disciples, which is us. So be alert. Give strict attention, be cautious and active in faith, for you do not know which day, whether near or far, your Lord is coming. The God of compassion and mercy, I'm referring again to the title of this podcast, al Rahum. he yearns for his beautiful creation to be restored back to himself. And in addition to that, Yeshua is preparing his bride, to be without spot or blemish. May each one of us take responsibility to make sure that we as individuals are changed from one degree of glory to the next and also that we make sure that others come into the kingdom as quickly as possible.
I trust that this teaching has been a blessing to all who've been listening to this audio. In Yeshua's mighty name, amen. <music>